0: I remember when we first talked about doing a podcast, I was kind of like, well, where do we start? Then I reached out to a friend who had been doing it and he referred me to Anchor. So first thing, I was like, it's free? And he was like, yeah, it's free. And then the second thing, I realized that you don't have to have a recording studio. You can do the podcast from anywhere that you want. Uh, They have all kinds of creation tools and you can record, you can edit, and you can do it all from either your phone or your computer. But one of the best, best things for me was when it came to distribution. I was really worried about that. But Anchor actually distributes to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a bunch of other places. So it makes it super, super easy for you. Plus, you can make money. You don't have to have a minimum amount of listeners. And it's just kind of like having everything that you need for a podcast all in one place.
1: Imagine yourself in the forest surrounded by rivers, lakes, and the ocean. You're spending time outdoors hiking, camping, and cooking over the fire. That bold smell of real smoke flavors of cooking over the open fire has been captured by Triple Smoke. They use the freshest ingredients, all natural, no preservatives, and no fillers. Triple Smoke's name defines the smoking process. They use three types of wood to smoke the spices before processing into blends and condiments. Plus, good things come in threes. Go to triple smokefoods.com to get your spices today. And they're great for vegan foods, too.
0: Ebony and ivory live together in perfect harmony, side by side.
1: All right. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Half and Half Podcast. It's amazing how clear you sound. Right? Dude, modern technology, man. Either that or... I can't believe I didn't think about it before, so now I'm going to carry this mic wherever I go, just in case we have spur of the moments.
0: How long ago did I buy you that mic?
1: Probably about, i say about two years ago. And this is your first time using it? No, because remember when you were doing... Uh, when I was appearing on your YouTube channel, I started using it for um, oh, like certain yeah, things yeah. that I was doing, and then yeah, no, I've used it before.
0: That's awesome, dude! It sounds so much better.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna carry this in my bag, so if we ever have a spur of the moment and a s- sporadic hair up our ass, I'm at work, I can just bust it out.
0: Just don't let the shape
1: of that like entice you. That is so weird that you mentioned that because I'm holding it right now and I'm like what what is going on here? And it's weird because the way I, the cord's not very long, so I have to hold my phone uh-huh. also. Yeah. And so it's like I'm cupping the nuts and <laughs> holding my right.
0: So for those of you that don't know what it looks like, it's a uh what do you call them? A shotgun mic. So shotgun mics, I mean, they're kind of shaped like a phallus. In the
1: best way possible.
0: So, you know what's crazy, dude? So, what? you know, when I come in the studio, I have to, you know, the first thing I do is I turn on the lights and then I turn on the computer and all that, right? Uh-huh. Dude, as soon as I walked in, like I opened the door, it's completely dark, right? The computer turns on by itself. Right. Uh-huh. So, I think
1: Patrick's really excited. Like he's. Oh, like, the computer. Oh, so as soon as you walked in, Everything just set up. I mean, your computer just lit up.
0: Yeah, which it's uh, n- never done in ever. and I don't know how many years that I've had it.
1: Look, I'm beginning to think that that is Patrick's favorite room. Maybe it was. Maybe it was before we didn't know it, but now he's maybe he's like a music entertainment guy, right? <laughs> he loves the podcast. He loves Eric's drumming. Yeah. Well, she.
0: I mean, I don't know. Did we talk about it before? How he was messing with Eric while he was recording his tracks. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was weird. Like, so sometimes I'll keep the computer on sleep, right? But mm-hmm. even if I do that, I have to touch the the, the, the mouse. But yeah. here's here's the thing. The mouse was not plugged in. Whoa. Yeah. So there's just no logical explanation as to why the computer literally just turned on
1: right. You know what's so weird? I always jokingly say... It's not even a joke. I, I for shit sure will never be at that house by myself. I won't, <laughs> I can't, I won't do it. But that being said, every time I'm there, I feel like comfortable. Unlike the Monterey house, you felt it. I used yeah. to make you go pee with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Beachcomber house. Hmm, you know, you made it very homey, so I kind of felt it, but not really. But still, it was lingering in the back of the mind. You right, know what I mean? Right, right. But this house because you 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 haven't had activity in a very long time but now that you are experiencing it and i know it's there danny's proved it like that's weird i'm not scared to be there that's with somebody
0: that's pretty much what eric said eric was like it's obvious that he's in here with me i mean he was seeing shadows and uh i mean he kept messing with the drums while we were trying to record and um yeah. but he was like but i'm not scared and i was like yeah know yeah. it's weird right
1: yeah it's very weird
0: very weird so anybody so, listening that didn't hear our halloween specials that's uh my my spirit who uh gentleman uh, by the name of patrick who committed suicide in my house before i bought it um so if you haven't heard that episode you should go back and listen
1: yes definitely we have halloween's coming up very soon I'm very excited. Isn't that, we- Isn't that weird that we're already in April? Dude, when I... I forgot what I was doing the other day, and I looked at the calendar. I'm, all I ever think about is my my rotation, right? Four nights on, three nights off. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think in terms of calendar date any, anymore. It's just hard for me to do that, being a shift worker. The other day, I had to look at the calendar for whatever reason, and I was like, holy shit. It feels like January was literally yesterday. Yeah. I, I I
0: can't believe it. I mean, I'm excited that it's April 1st for a couple of reasons. One reason oh. that I'm really excited, dude, it's officially legal to sell and have weed recreationally in, in New Mexico. And we live like, it's like a 20 minute drive.
1: A stone's toss away. Well, from where we're at, it's like a, 40-minute drive. Well,
0: no, because you can go to Santa Teresa.
1: Oh, duh. I don't know why. Every time I think New Mexico, I think Cruces. You're yeah, right. Yeah, I can go You're right absolutely there. right. Isn't that crazy? Uh, that is crazy, man. I mean, I'm excited because there's only 213 days left until Halloween. I don't know about anybody else, 213
0: but... till Halloween? Wow. Yeah. Isn't 213 the code for, like, a homicide or something?
1: I don't know, man. I think I it like is. That weird shit like you There did. was
0: a... Uh, a song from i think i want to say it was it was either i know this is going to be a funny contrast it was either slayer or mm-hmm. the ghetto boys i don't know who it was but somebody had a song called i need to google that now i think i mean it goes along along the lines with what you're saying yeah um i know eric knows it cuz for whatever reason i
1: eric's one of those devil worshipping solos, that weird mix <laughs>
0: <laughs> right.
1: Oh God. Uh... You know, that's that's one thing that's intrigued me so much. A little fun fact. And I want I, I actually I have an idea for one of our podcasts, but I'll bring it up later. But you and I are into very different things, right? We love you know, you research and study what you like and I do the same. Mm-hmm. Well, gangs and gang activity has been something that I've followed for Many years, man. Well over 15 years. I love all the um, documentaries on TV. they are, you know, cholo movies, gang movies, mobster movies. They're one of my favorites. Anyway, do you know the gang, MS-13? Yeah. They came from El Salvador. They originated in El Salvador. Right. And um, their, ha- their gang sign was literally taken from rockers. So they do the devil horns as their gang sign. Really, And the, the the guy who started and formed MS-13 said one day I was at, he was like at a Metallica concert or a I, one of those metal bands, Megadeth, I don't remember. But he said, I stole the devil horns from the rock community. We're big time rockers. We love rock. We love metal. And that's our gang sign. Wow. The rock. Yeah, crazy. So when you see MS-13 throwing up that sign, it's not like some weird gangster coding. It's literally the is sign crazy it
0: right makes me think of a uh, uh, a friend of ours that's kind of a dumbass and got a big giant 13 tattooed on his neck
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like are you, are you really that dumb but anyway yeah it's probably why yeah. the dude moved across the the country because living oh, here it, in el paso with a big 13 on your neck
1: uh those guys are everywhere look what a lot of people don't understand is people think cholos have literally Fell off the face of the earth. No, but about they have
0: not. Are you kidding? I know, I know lots of them.
1: No, I understand that, but I'm talking about the quintessential looking cholo. Yeah, about 10, 12 years ago, maybe from well, from MS13 anyway, and it kind of trickled down. There was an order to say, "Do not, whatever you do, go out of your way to mix in into the crowd. Mm. Don't let people know you're a cholo. Mm. Don't." don't dress like one don't present it smart you're gonna have your tattoo yeah yeah crazy right wow. that's why it's like don't you don't know who you're messing with anymore man you really don't
0: it makes me think about something that i think you and i've talked about i know i've talked about it with Daniela. which um by the way i'm gonna use this as an opportunity to plug our podcast so well for you
1: to- better plug ours on yours it sounds like you tried real hard to not be like and by the way and I I, and I did,
0: man, and, and I actually did on this last episode. So, uh, my wife and I have a podcast now. It is called Together for the Dogs. You can just go to Spotify and type Together for the Dogs. Uh, very different from this podcast. But anyways, it made me think of something that I think I've had yeah. this conversation. <laughs> Not as fun and lively. <laughs> <laughs> I've had this conversation with her is that, I mean, like, back in the day, like, there were clicks, right? Like you could tell the cholos from the rockers, from the skaters to the punk kids. Like it's weird, dude. Like nowadays, I don't know who's what or what's what. Like I see a kid now with long hair and I could be like, Oh cool. You're, you know, you know, you like metal or whatever. And he's like, they'll be like, no man. Like, I'm a hip hop kid like it's just yeah. freaking
1: weird dude. It's weird. It's weird. Back then you can tell the cholos from the skaters, the skaters from the preps, the preps from the geeks, the geeks from the ravers, the you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's just like everyone looks the same anymore, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: It's uh, I, I don't know. Like I even like look at like when I watch like football and there's dudes with like long hair and it's weird man cuz like back in the day you know, we had long hair, but, yeah. y- y- you know, it'd like, y- it wasn't, you were looked at like, oh, rocker kid, you know what I mean, or yeah. whatever, and now it's like, it, everybody has it, you know? You know, it's
1: it's so weird. I I've never been a picture guy, right? Like, take a picture of me, or let me take a picture of myself. I've never been that dude. And the one thing I regret, nobody believes me that I had hair down to my ass, and I don't have a single picture to prove it. It's kind of like
0: uh, with me and my dreads. Like I, There's literally like maybe four or five
1: pictures out there. Exactly. Dude, exactly. There was this one where you were standing in front of your mom's house. You guys were doing like a band photo, which is weird because that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And you were standing off to the side, and man, you can just tell how long those fucking things were. Really? That right. picture showed how long they were perfectly.
0: Really? I don't even know what picture yeah. that is. I got to see it.
1: It was in front of the El Paseo house. You you were in it. Eric was in it. I don't know if Ben was in it, uh, but it man. looked like a band photo. I guess that's what's coming to mind. Yeah, wow, that's cool. So before we get started, we we have we said that we do want to talk about our band history, right? We had already planned that out, and you know just how we came about to be where we are today and whatnot musically. I wanted to uh, get something out of the way. So on the la- our last podcast you titled it adrian gave up on his lent promise okay. <laughs> I couldn't wait for uh, you
0: me to mention that and
1: i forgot when i was telling you the story uh-huh. i forgot to tell you the loophole that i found oh gosh okay no listen to me okay so prior, prior i did not give up on my lent promise one i gave up like five different things so, give, you know, cutting back on one is not all that bad. You know what I mean?
0: Uh-huh.
1: I gave up so many things. I even did a little prayer, but I told God, hey, man, I, you know, I gave up a lot. I'm going to flirt a little while this year, this weekend. But I stayed, I stayed on track on everything else. But prior to going to Denver, I was having just massive withdrawals. I still am. I'm th- I told my wife the other night, I said, I've been through a lot of hard shit in my life crazy shit that some people might not even ever come back from. Not like in a life or death type of way. Mm -hmm. But I said, this is hands down the hardest thing I've ever done. Hands down. Right. Hands down. But um, anyway, so I was researching some things on Lent. I was like, okay, what what can I do? What can I not do? Mainly, I was trying to figure out when it ended, right? When is Lent officially over? Because sometimes for the longest time, I thought it ended on Easter Sunday. Well, it turns out, no, it's the Wednesday before Easter Sunday. Okay, so in my mind, I said, oh, okay, cool. So if I if I give up these two days, and if I go all the way to Easter Sunday, it's like I'm making them up, right? Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking, oh, is that right? I don't know. So I'm just searching away. Turns out, I did not know this my whole life. I always give up stuff for Lent. Turns out, the Catholic religion, because Sunday is a day of worship, Sunday is a day of family and a day of gathering. Do you know that Sundays do not count on Lent? lent, uh, lent su- Sundays during Lent, you do whatever you want. So I didn't, I didn't know that. All right. So here's my analytical brain kicking in. Wait, real quick. Real uh, quick. I, mm-hmm. I did not know that. So up until that point, because I, I did the counting the, of the days, right? And I'm like, dude, there's way more than 40 days in this. Like, how is this? How is this 40 days? I don't understand where the 40 days came from. So I just went along with it. But now I know you exclude those four or five Sundays. It's 40 days and 40 nights.
0: But who made that so rule? I, who made that rule? Because it's not in the Bible.
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, and I researched that, it. I didn't I didn't read one article. And I was like, oh, boom, done.
0: You know. You know what happened is that there was somebody along the way during that time that the same thing happened. And they were like, you <laughs> know what? <laughs> let's, let's put a rule you know it's fucking it's sunday i need a day off from this this fast or whatever they're doing yeah let's, let's make an exception to the rule so well
1: possibly quite possibly but so, i asked i asked other lent goers at work and they're like yeah dude you didn't know that so in my mind i'm like okay it's already been two weeks i i I didn't use my two Sundays, mm-hmm. so I used my two Sundays on Friday and Saturday.
0: It's like PTO, like you have paid time off, like you can
1: exactly. <laughs> I looked, I looked at God and I said, "Hey, I got some time in the bank." So I I gone a full two weeks. So so plus, the, not to mention, like I said, I gave up like five different things. So it's not like but, I completely... but but what
0: does the logistics of that look like in heaven? So it's like you say your prayer, right? And there's a guy mm-hmm. in a cubicle, and he was like, Oh, adrian's sending us a prayer god uh all right, hey god adrian says that he gave up a lot of things and um he he wants a break on this one and then god looks over and says i mean i died on the cross for your sins but whatever no he says
1: that's a solid dude that's a solid guy who's constantly you know pepping me up you know what i mean first of all we don't sit in cubicles they sit on clouds you can hear Okay. Having <laughs> <laughs> oh, a place you float around on the cloud listening to the smashing pumpkins hanging out with your grandma. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like what you want life to be. Yeah. Anyway, so I did not I did not break my lent promise at all. So you found a loophole. All. I did, man. God <laughs> God bless loopholes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, know, but at the, at the same time though, I found the loophole. But not only am I saying, all right, I'm going to use my two Sundays now, but I'm, I made a promise. I said, "I instead of Wednesday, I'm going to go all the way to Easter Sunday. Yeah. So I'm making up. So,
0: so let, me, let me ask you this question, and I don't want and, to harp on and, this for sorry. too long.
1: But. I know. Also, wait, real quick. And I don't indulge in any Sunday. I keep this going straight through. So yeah. I found the loophole just for that. Situation, but I didn't find the loophole. And then like this past Sunday, I wasn't like, "Oh, thank God it's Sunday! I can eat meat." No, I'm keeping it going all the way through. So I forgot what I was going to say. Damn it! That's something about logistics and
0: no, 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 no. Uh, oh, that's what I was going to ask you. When did you start giving stuff up for for Lent? Like, how old were you? Do you remember?
1: Oh man, I I, I couldn't even tell you. Very young,
0: really. So that was like something that you
1: Well, remember. you know what? I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna say teens, right? Because my parents always kept us up because my stepdad, he's you know, he's also big time into religion, and so was my dad. And but we kept on the no eating meats on Friday. So Friday came around, we knew we were not gonna eat meat, right? Um, but really when I took it upon myself, I'm gonna say I don't know, early to mid-teens is when I was like, okay, it's Lent, you know what I mean?
0: So the way I see it is like, growing up, having gone to Catholic school for nine years of my life, right? From kindergarten Mm -hmm. all the way through eighth grade. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: We were always in church. We were always giving shit up. Like we were constantly praying, like all the time, right? More than the average person, by far. So the way I see it, I accu- speaking of loopholes, I accumulated so much during that time. I'm good, man. I've got like carryover upon carryover
1: from all that time. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Use it. If you don't use it, you lose it.
0: <laughs> all right. So let's get into uh the real the real topic
1: here. Yeah. Well, did you want to get the chat out of the way? Oh yeah, let's do that. Okay. So, um, hold on, let me find them again. Okay, so in light of today's conversation um, or today's topic, again, I'm always looking up different bands, which is the reason for the chat. I want to put bands out there that I feel deserve recognition, whether they have millions of subscribers or one. Just something that influences me and that I like and I want to put out there. So it's, it's so weird, dude. Sometimes I will randomly type in our old band's names, right? And like in YouTube or on Spotify. So I knew this band was not going to come up, but on Spotify a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I typed in the word swim just to see what will come up. And lo and behold, this guy came up, an artist by the name of swim. So I said, oh man, just for shits and gigs, I need to see what this guy's about. So as I said before, I love all genres of music, electronic music being one of them. And um, turns out this guy Swim is an electronic musician, DJ, um, focuses really on the, he likes to use a lot of the old school beats, like rave style, um, techno style beats from um, mid-90s is what he said. He likes 90s nostalgia. So he's an electronic musician. He goes by the name of Swim. Hmm. Uh, where is he from? I thought you were going to be like, oh, really? By the name of Swim?
0: No, you know, it's like, I've noticed that. So, not only with Swim, but like even like our old band, Ashling, like now there's like tons of artists with those names.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, But but no, but that's interesting.
0: What I find interesting is the fact that he's actually good enough
1: for you, too. Oh, absolutely. Dude, from first song, I was like, damn it. That's awesome. He's from from Melbourne. I would imagine
0: on Spotify there's more than one swim, no? How do, how do we know? How do we know the difference between this one and another?
1: Because he is swim all capital one M. There's another guy who calls himself swim. Oh,
0: okay, I can see where. There's a song called Mild Minds. Uh, called what? Mild Minds.
1: Mild Minds.
0: I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to find. Because look, I, I'm looking. There's like a bunch. There's swim with two Ms there's another swim oh that oh i think those are songs i don't know there's there's just so many swims
1: i don't yeah, know which is look-
0: which- oh here's an artist it's like a reddish
1: yes yeah he's standing in front of a, a neon light yeah he's yeah. kind of cute yeah yeah kind of what do you mean he's dreamy <laughs> but yeah electronic musician uh 90s rave nostalgia is what he's saying how he describes himself here um I like them a lot, to be honest with you. A lot, a lot. I was really thrown back on, you know, I here I was just jokingly typing in an old band name. Uh-huh. And... He popped up and I really like him a lot again for you electronic musician people who love dance style old school rave techno house type stuff this is the guy for you but he, he's very ambient about it which is what I really love like it has it has the the old school beats like the <laughs> right but he's got a lot of texture to it a lot of that um, ambient type stuff and um, my two favorite songs is a song called the regular and then the other favorite song of mine is called time. Those two songs are by far the best. He doesn't have a full album as of yet. He has a couple of EPs. Um, he's relatively new. I want to say 2020, I think, is when he started. Oh, wow. So yeah. that's the chat for today. You know who The Artist's Whim, all caps.
0: You know who I've been listening to a lot is, uh, and we've spoken about them before, um, Mistise. Mestice he's the guy my eight string guitar he's it's his signature
1: oh yes 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 the guy from uh,
0: animals is leaders yeah Yeah. man that's such a good project it's yeah oh absolutely man. he's amazing it's just phenomenal and it's it's like all i've been listening to lately but anyhow so let's get into it um where do we start
1: Uh, (laughs) i laugh because
0: that's what i said uh in our ad for anchor where do we start (laughs) (laughs) oh man um let's go back to okay i'm gonna start off let's talk about our first bands and how we kind of take turns like giving the preface the beginnings before you and i actually met each other okay does that that make sense Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'll be quick. My first band I ever. Hate
1: your face man
0: <laughs> I just like to get in and get out.
1: Yeah, you do.
0: <laughs> My <laughs> first band ever was a band. We I if I remember correctly, it took me a while. It took me a little bit to think back to it. It was a band we called ourselves Abaddon. Which is funny because I Ab- think there's Abaddon. Yeah, I think there's actually a big band called Abaddon, to be honest. I think Abaddon. Like yeah. Okay. And I was like in seventh grade. Um, I remember even before that, I was always trying to convince my friends to like, hey, like I'm playing guitar, like you guys should learn how to play music. And finally, after a couple of years of trying to convince them, they caught up and they, you know, so we started a band called Abaddon. Funny thing is, we were literally a Metallica cover band and we played one show and it must have been like, if you can call it that, I think it was like our eighth grade graduation party. Um, but we used to just like get together and just literally play Metallica songs over and over and over and over. And as uh and when I think back, I'm like, dude, that's that's actually how I think I was able to garner the skill that I you know what I mean, like from just from being with those guys and doing that, which is pretty cool. Uh and then I went on to start a band called Jabberwocky. Right.
1: Which, real quick, when I found out that was the name of your band, it made me love you even more. Because I had always thought the coolest part about Alice in Wonderland was the Jabberwocky. Just the name, the mystique behind it, the story behind him. So, yeah. Kudos on it. Yeah. It's a freaking great name. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I actually started that band with the guitar player from Abaddon, Little Chris. Um my brother joined in we had a plethora of drummers um we actually started off with um jacob soto who is like still to this day one of the best drummers ever Um, who went on to do some really really good things in vegas later on i mean that guy was just phenomenal uh so anyhow this is where the story you know really kicks in for me um you know, as a, as kids, well, at least for on my from my perspective, I always dreamed of being able to play. Like, I would we would go downtown to like the the attic and Club One Hundred and One, and that was always like like ugh, like we we were, I was too young to even get in there, right? So just like we would go and stand outside of these clubs when bands would play, just so we can listen to them, you know. And so in my mind, it was like the epitome of quote making it was being able to play there. Um, so fast forward, long uh, story short, which really not, it's not, um, Jabberwocky, I must have been like 14, 15, uh, I would say 15, 16 around there. Uh, anyways, that doesn't matter. Jabberwocky, we finally were able to book a show at the attic. And, um, I, I don't know if it had switched to debut records yet. Um, so we it was our first show um that wasn't in a backyard or in a parking lot you know we were a metal band um we had two singers at the time which is f- hilarious cuz like everybody does that now but we had two singers so one guy would scream one guy would sing i mean this is like we started that literally like in 93 94 which is crazy right yeah um so lo and behold, somebody we're going to talk about a little bit that that um, is not one of my favorite people in the world, but whatever. He, you know, he's part of the story. Um, Norman, Norman uh, Pangle, um, was running sound for my band that night. Mm-hmm. And um, it was funny because after we played, like, he wouldn't leave me alone. Like, he kept talking to me and and i remember even like telling my brother like i think this guy has a crush on me or something like i don't know what the hell like i can't tell if he's gay or straight or what um and then somebody told me at that moment like i think it was eric or whoever we were around was like dude do you know who that is and i was like no i have no idea they were like swim was playing on the speakers in the in the place they were like that's his band he's in a band i think they're called swim and i was like oh well, they sound cool. Wow, it's pretty good, you know, because it was the 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 hip hop with the heavy music, or somewhat right. somewhat heavy at the time, yeah. and um, at that time that you weren't hearing that Papa Roach. I don't know Papa Roach didn't exist at the time. Lincoln Park by far didn't exist at that time. Um, I don't even think like maybe at, I mean, the closest thing I can say that. To, to like rap rock at that time was, because Limp Biscuit didn't even exist, was like uh, the song on Adrenaline from the Deftones when he raps. That was like the only thing at that time I had ever heard with the... Oh, and, and Rage Against the Machine,
1: of course. That's, I was, dude, I am about to interrupt you and say, dude, are you new? Yeah, you
0: heard yeah. R- yeah but Same I mean, story? what I'm saying is at the time it was, it was new. It was a new yeah. sound that nobody was doing. And so right. to know there was a local dude in a band and they actually sounded decent like, I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. But, you know, he kept talking to me. And then at the end of the night, he asked me for my phone number. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm not gay, but maybe this guy's got connections. <laughs>
1: at least he's brown. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, uh, um, all of a sudden, literally, like, I think the next night, um, he calls me and he asks me to audition for Swim. And
1: yeah, See, you kind of jumped... You're, you're like jumping a part of my story. That's they're going to intertwine. Yeah, some exactly.
0: Point. That's, and that's what oh. I want. I want you to intertwine what I'm saying. Cause yeah, they totally yeah. intertwine. So yeah. what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take us up to when I met you. Okay. So at this moment I'm on the phone and I'm looking at my brother and I'm like, dude, like, so, you know, I'm like, he wants me to audition for swim. And of course my brother being the bass player of Jabberwocky at the time, you know, it was kind of like, 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 you're going to leave us, you know? Yeah. So I was like, well, let me let me try out and see what happens. Um, so we set up within a couple of days. You guys, uh, or Norman sent me a CD or probably a cassette at the time to learn the songs. I learned them. They were quite easy. And uh, next thing I know, I'm trying out for Swim, and I'm looking right at you, and I'm like, so this is the fucking asshole that's mad-dogging me all the time in school. But you yeah. were very quiet, and... Um, and, and then this is where I'm going to end it right here. I'll never forget because, you know, you're auditioning. You don't know if you sound good or not. Um, you know, I'm just kind of like trying to like look at you guys and see your reactions. You're not really making a whole lot of eye contact with me. Um, but then afterwards, you walk up to me when you guys are leaving and you like shake my hand. But like you like double over like you, you with both of your hands like, dude. And you said something along the lines of, like, you're fucking amazing, man. Like, ugh, like you were, like, so excited, like, with what we had just experienced. Yeah. And I was just like, like, honestly, dude, like, that moment, like, I think that's when I
1: fell in love with you. I was just but like, do you, what a night. Do, you know <laughs> do, you, do you know that was the second time we met, though? It was? Yes. You were playing a show. You and Jabberwocky were playing the show... I don't even remember where, but Norman told me to go with him. We pulled up. You guys were in the, the, the white van that we love so much. <laughs> um, you, Eric, and somebody else were sitting in the back of the van. You had your glasses on. You were wearing a beanie. Norman and I walked up to you. I don't remember the point of the conversation. Or I don't know if he was giving you a CD or he was checking in. On oh, it. so I, that's
0: that might have been when he was giving me the thing to try out for you guys, maybe?
1: I think so okay i remember being with him Uh uh-huh and that's when i was like why does this guy look familiar but you had your glasses on long hair. oh
0: my god i remember it was at austin high school
1: was it oh you're right there you go yeah i knew it was the school or something i remember it was like mid after like late afternoon we played um, like
0: a pretty cool show at austin high school there was like a ton uh, of people there to see us it was amazing like which was crazy because jabberwocky was like just a backyard band but yeah, I remember that. Oh, man, I totally fucking remember that. Yeah. And I remember getting shit, too, from like, why are they here to see you? Because yeah. they knew who you guys were. Mm. Wow, dude. That's a great memory I totally forgot about.
1: i tell you, dude, I'm chock full of them, but you guys just don't listen to me. <laughs> All right. So
0: <laughs> that's that's where the story, I guess, begins. That, so it was a little bit of a...
1: Yeah, so let me blend it, right? They're going to blend that so well. They, you've already gotten to the point where they blended. Mm-hmm. But let me bring you up from my start to that point and then we both can share our stories after that. Yeah?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, I've I've said it before. I always knew I wanted to play bass when, you know, my cousin Patrick, I used to listen to his CDs and I heard flee for the first time so fast forward to 94 a friend of mine who, who you and i both know and he's a part of the story also unfortunately he would later be your bass player when you convinced me to to uh, a <laughs> leaf swim yeah he walks up to me, it was like November, and he's like, hey, what are you getting for Christmas? And I was like, oh, man, finally somebody likes to talk about Christmas. And <laughs> I started naming all this Smashing pumpkin shit, and he was like, no, you're getting a bass. And I was like, excuse you? Did my dad talk to you about something? What, what do you mean? He's like, you're getting a bass. And I was like, okay. He's like, just ask your dad for a bass. And I was like, okay. I didn't think my dad would ever do it. Right? My dad's always been like, my dad's a music lover himself, right? But he never he played guitar for a little while. Anyway, he was real against like the whole rock star scene and like you know the type of music my brother and I were into. Right. Anyway, I you know I threw a Hail Mary. Lo and behold, I got a bass for Christmas. So I called this guy and I'm like, "Hey man, guess what? I got a, I got a bass for Christmas." He's like, "Cool, I'll be at your house in a couple of days." And I was like, "I don't know what's going on here," but anyway, it turns out there was going to be this uh, high school talent show that he wanted to. Be in so i got the bass he's like yeah we're gonna be in the talent we're gonna be in the talent show and i'm like but i just i just got this thing he's like oh i'm gonna show you a little bit of things and you just work on it showed me some stuff anyway fast forward two months later boom full fledged i'm a bass player man i'm learning songs by myself just a few things he taught me we started this band with my cousin chris as a matter of fact we needed a singer because it was the guy Fabian, my cousin Chris on guitar. I was on bass and this guy Mike, who's, um, who was our drummer. And we got this guy named Patrick to be our singer. He flakes out last minute. Last minute. I think we had like a week before the talent show. Uh, so we learned two Smashing Pumpkins songs because the one thing all of us had in common in this band is we loved Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, this dude bailed. My cousin Chris was like, fuck it, I'll do it. I'll be the singer and we're like man do you even know how to sing? He's like don't worry about it. <laughs> that, that was this band's mentality. Don't worry about it. Okay.
0: I think it, that was oh, common common back then. Singers, oh, yeah.
1: singers were hard to come by, so it was kind of like, eh you'll
0: learn you'll don't, learn along the way. About...
1: For whatever reason, we we ended up playing the talent show. It went off great. But okay, I forgot I forgot one part. So we're scrambling to find a name for this project cuz we had said It was presented to me that we're just going to do this talent show. And yeah, that's it. We're just fucking around. So we decided on the name Grinch for the talent show. Mm -hmm. There was even a school flyer that named all these bands and talent for the talent show. And it said Grinch on it. We do the talent show. Went off great. Everyone was like, man, that's like the best Smashing Pumpkin cover we've ever heard. Dude, boom. After it was done, we all looked at each other and we're like, let's just be a Smashing Pumpkin cover band. Mm. It's exactly what we did. Wow. We covered every pumpkin song under the sun. We didn't have a name. All of us were like, dude, Grinch is pretty stupid. What are we going to do? Anyway, we ended up on the name Static. This was before Static X, way before Static X. So we were called Static for the longest time. And we were just hitting the backyard scene left and right. dude. We were one of the most popular on the east side cover bands. Because back then, cover bands were really, they still are, I'm assuming. But it was huge back then. If you knew somebody's song... You're, it's better than having your own original, so we were smashing pumpkin cover band, we were playing backyard shows left and right, and they were packed all the fucking time. I'm talking about two three hundred kids in the backyard
0: those are, those were the good old days I know kegs
1: so, oh dude, so through that, I started meeting and networking with with you know other ba- musicians and different bands, and that's how I met. Jared, you and I spoke about Jared the other day from March of... What's what's his name?
0: (laughs) The March Divide. Not the March
1: of Dimes. The March (laughs) Divide. Yeah, so he was in a band at the time called Soylent Green. We would play with them a whole lot. Um, They went on later to be level. And then now... uh, What's it called again? March of what? March March Divide. Divide. Yeah. So I met him. um, There was this other band... Uh, that went by the name of Ash at the beginning. There was this dude named Kevin, this guy Ray. I forgot their drummer's name. They were the three piece. They later on went on to be called everyday things. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Huh. yeah. Yeah. They were called Ash at the beginning. So I was really close friends with them. Not so much the level guys, Jared and them, but with them we became really close. We started playing a lot of shows together. We were constantly around hanging out at parties together. So, Ray, uh, their bass player, who was a really good friend of mine. He's an amazing bass player. Ray, he really like,
0: Ray, Ray. That's so funny how things intertwine.
1: But yeah, okay. Yeah, little Ray Radamis right Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so he was a really good friend of mine. We hung out in school, and anyway, so this scene went on for a couple of years—two, two, three years, I want to say. So Ray, he really loves his band. Everyday Things really started making a name for themselves. They're opening up for all these bands, and like they're making a really good name for themselves. So he loves his band. His band means everything to him. One day, he comes up to me in the hallway. He's like, dude, I got an offer that I I don't want to do. He's like, you know me and Everyday Things. I love them. I love Kevin. We got all these great things going for us. But this guy wanted me to try out for his band. And he's like, I don't want to do it. Not that I don't like them. I think they're amazing. But he's like, I, I don't because I have a good thing with everyday things. He's like, and the only person I can think of is you. And I was like, what? You want, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I already spoke to the guy. I told him no. But he's like, but I told him I got a bass player in mind. And I want you to try out. And I was like, OK. So he gives me this guy's number. He gives me the, the demo tape. No, as a matter of fact, he gave me a recorded tape with just one song on it. I get home. I put the song on, and I'm like, mm, I don't know, man. Like, what song was it? Oh, the Brown set.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How did I know?
1: So here I am thinking, I love hip-hop. I've loved hip-hop since I was a kid. I'm not, at this point, you're talking 95, 96, maybe. I wasn't too into really heavy bands, right? Not that Swim was a really heavy band, but anyway, I'm listening to, I'm more of an alternative, too, right? Like, I love Morrissey. I listen to Smashing Pumpkins, Red Hot Chili Peppers lush you know what i mean like i was into the whole brit pop scene and so it was a little a little out of out of my element and i just i, I wasn't gonna do it i said no nah, i'm not gonna do it that's you know whatever i'd like being a, in a smashing pumpkin cover band and what have you anyway a friend of mine actually convinced me like dude just fucking do it like what's it gonna hurt uh long so i'm trying to make this short but it's all right it's we gotta hard. make this so, a
0: two-part it's it's yeah. cool
1: so I eventually called this guy. He answers the phone, his name is Norman. He starts introducing himself and he's asking me a little bit about myself and he's telling me all these bands he's into and he's naming 311 and all this shit. And He's like, "What about you?" And I was like, "Fuck, man." He's like, I was like, "I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm an alternative kid like The Cure, Smashing Pumpkins, Morris." I started naming all the bands that oh, that the, I love.
0: The days yeah. of uh, getting to know people over the phone.
1: I know, right? <laughs> so um and he was like, "Oh, perfect, okay." And I'm like, "Was well, that really like your your thing?" Or? And he's like, "Don't worry about it. We're gonna figure it out <laughs> again." With, the, "Don't worry about it." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Just just try out. So, he tells me, I, "I actually I spoke with him the night of the garbage concert. Garbage came into town. Big old concert. My dad actually got us tickets. Me and my brother." Hey, so I'm
0: hmm? o- I'm only happy when it rains. I just wanted to just put it out there.
1: Oh, dude, Garbage is amazing. So then he tells me, all right, I'm going to be at the Garbage Concert. Look for me. I got blue hair. I'm brown, whatever. Right? And so you know how even fucking people that are around here with blue hair? Anyways, I, I didn't find him. Fast forward, we speak. Anyway, I get to try it. I didn't drive at the time. Their drummer, Gabe, came and picked me up. He and I are shooting the breeze like he's a cool guy. I get there, and right off the bat, I feel I blew my chances because Norman was like, Here's a pick. And I was like, oh no, dude, I don't use picks. I'm not that fucking bass player guy. You got the wrong dude, man. I use my fingers. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Murray just looks at me and I was like, I'm not going to give it. I don't use picks, man. Because at the time, to me, they were like, you know, horrible. Bass players don't use picks in my eyes. You know what I mean?
0: Right.
1: So I try out. I played one song, two songs, maybe. And they're like, all right, man, cool. And I was like, that's it? Fine, fuck it. I didn't care. I didn't care anyway. Two days go by, dude. Norman calls me. He's like, yeah, man, I want you in. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. I said, but all I did was play the songs you told me to play. He's like, yeah, man, that's all I needed. Later on, he would tell me, he's like, dude, you 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 walked in. You had the hair. You were wearing a Cure t-shirt. You had these braces. Like, It's just something that I I, I felt the fit and the look would come with the band. He's like, the playing style, we'll, we'll worry about that later. And I was like, OK, I'm in. So there I go, boom! I went from fucking backyard shows to all of a sudden playing clubs. I had to go to a recording studio for the very first time. I'm meeting. Uh, he w- they were a part of this record record label here in town called Tortilla Records. Oh, yeah. I'm meeting. I'm meeting the head of the record. Like all this shit, over, literally overnight. And so I was like, so
0: for those of you I- listening, Norman was like three four years older than us, right? So he had been in the no, scene. Three had- years older than well he had a jump on us like you know he started in sweet affliction and then eventually he started swim so i know when when i joined swim had one cd under their belt yeah so
1: yeah so which is the one you were recording right right okay i didn't mention that so this band was swim the the uh, norman's band yeah so yeah overnight it's fucking boom game on game on game on so um yeah, it was it was pretty exciting. I'm doing all these shows. I'm doing all these things that I've never done before, and it was like. But the shitty part about it is I hadn't told my band yet, mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, fuck at all. I, I think I still did a couple of shows with them, and but things were already on the, on on the outs with them. You know what I mean? Like you
0: have a habit of doing that, Adrian.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> part of the mystery, fuck, love it or leave it. Like, you so never you're, know what's going to So
0: you barely join. Uh, I've actually been doing it for like six months.
1: Yeah, I've actually been, dude, I, I got a contract, I'm leaving it. <laughs> well, I just wanted to see if I was, if I really wanted yeah, of to course. do it. You know? Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah, I finally tell my band that band breaks up. Again, fast forward. And then um, the guys from Swim, um, the whole band, Norman, Mark, and Gabe, they're like, oh, by the way, we're moving to Phoenix. And I was like, well, there's a whole lot of we in that sentence. I said, I'm not moving to Phoenix. I'm 16. What are you talking about? He's like, no, man, we got an offer. We, we all signed up for this recording school. We're going to college. And I was like, oh fuck short lived. I said, you well, it was great. Been, knowing you couldn't
0: have been 16 already at that time. You had to have been 15.
1: No, I was 16.
0: But we met when we were, when you, you were, we were 16.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: So it all was in that same year.
1: Dude, I'm telling you, it was a quick fucking. No, actually, I met you '97. That's the date you and I always get wrong. You joined the band in '97. Oh, so yeah, because '96 was, yeah, '96 was just full on that whole shitstorm of you know things moving quick, things moving fast, and yeah. Um, so then they go to Phoenix to go to to school, and I'm like, okay, well, what do you want me to do? Just wait. And see all the. Come around and they're like, no, man, you're the head of it. I, dude, I had to, I had to call clubs. I had to make flyers. Like I had to do everything here to keep the band going for when they would come in the town. I had already flyered. I had already done everything. So that's
0: why you didn't do any of that shit in Ashling, because you were like, I already done it.
1: No, I don't do anything because you don't, you always say, oh, that's not how you do it. Wow. <laughs> either, you, either you want me to do it or you don't. Which one is it? Well, <laughs> oh, that's not how it goes. <laughs> oh, you do it then. There you go. You got it. <laughs> All right. So, but, then- um, so yeah, so then uh, they eventually, anyway, their school's done. It was a year they came back and um, so when we, when they came back, the other two guys were like, hey, Norman, guess what? Eh, I like life in Phoenix, and Tempe. This is where we're staying. So they basically quit the band. Yeah. And there was, Nor- Norman calls me, and he's like, dude, Gabe and Mark quit. Are you in or out? And I was like, dude, I got you, man. I'm fucking in. I didn't do all this bullshit for nothing. So we needed to find members. So we said, the f- in Norman's eyes, drummers were the easiest to find. He already had a couple lined up. And he's like, we need a guitar player. That's where you come in he came back he started working at debut records here and there he finds you he tells me about you so now this is where our story um mesh right this is the point where you left off this is the point where we're now together we tried you out i shook your hand you fell in love with so, me. so
0: so what were your thoughts when i tried out
1: The minute I walked into your house, which is a beachcomber house, which to the very day, I say the one investment you and I should do is buy that house. And what we do with it later, I don't care, but as long as we own it. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Even though it's like dead smack in the hood now. I mean, it was then too, but it's gotten worse.
1: Yeah. Um, No, When I first walked in, because remember, at um, Austin High School, I was like, this guy looks familiar, but you had your whole you know rock star get up on like i didn't recognize you but i kind of did
0: yeah
1: i walked into the house and i knew exactly who you were and i was like oh it's that fucking schmaltzy motherfucker who needs a hug <laughs> but then i was like, but i was like oh fuck this dude got big like you not fat being like you got tall you're a, a you're a wide man big bone you know what i mean
0: yeah
1: and I was like god damn this dude grew a lot yeah hopefully he does want to hit me because now I don't know if I could take it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you played, and I was like, "Dude, this guy played these songs like he's been playing them forever." Right. To me, to me back then it was different. Like there was no internet. You couldn't say, "Hey Google" or "Hey YouTube, show me how to play the deaf tones or "Show me how to play." You have to learn shit by ear, right? Which is what I still struggle with because I don't give a shit about learning. And we literally songs. Never...
0: played that album from front to back. Yeah, literally. And I remember Norm, that that explains now why Norman was playing drums instead of singing.
1: Yeah, we didn't have a drummer. We yeah. wanted to find find the guitar player first, right? So yeah, that's that's where our our lives began, you and I. And the the weird thing about it is, once we got you in the band, Norman's whole thing was like, "Dude, just pay attention to the way he looks, the way he plays, and he's a good fit." And like he really, for being such a an accomplished guy at the time and you know this being his band and he really like wanted me to be a, you know what i mean like an intricate part of like how this band is going to move forward which i thought was really weird i thought he was just gonna tell me hey this is our new guy love it or leave it right yeah but um yeah so when we were playing practicing the songs i was looking around that's why i was i'm always quiet man people think that i just don't care but i'm studying i'm observing i'm scanning fucking everything when i'm quiet yeah and I'm like, dude, I pictured us playing live and I was like, Oh man, yeah, fuck yeah. So when we left when we left your house, me and Norman looked at each other and we're like, Oh yeah, that's the one. That's awesome. I still had dreads, yeah.
0: right? Yeah, I did have dreads, right?
1: Yeah. I think. Okay. Um, that's how that's how Paul and I began. Yeah. That was it was um I can't,
0: necessarily say love at first sight because i had seen you many times before just didn't know who you were it was weird yeah. i remember when you showed or when i did i now going back to that austin i remember when i saw you i was like that's that fucking guy i go to school with like it was weird it was like a, a small world you know yeah yeah <laughs> so what was hilarious about that is i think norman didn't waste any time he called me like right away and was like hey we're actually they were doing the cd release for that cd that you guys recorded yeah and so uh, he was like, hey, you want to be in the band? And we got a show in like a week. <laughs> and it's a CD release. And uh, that's when I had to tell my... So so that's this is where the, the story gets really interesting, I think, um, in terms of where we are right now with like Tragic Landing. So at that time, I told the guys in my band, which was... I don't remember. I think the drummer was Luis, who actually became the drummer for Colgas and Milk which is like still to this day Gino if you're listening, Luis, man one of the best bands ever and god those guys could have gone so far, I listen to them even now, even though even the little not so great demos and recordings that they have out there, it's just like man this was like talent, like these guys were so far ahead of their time, anyways
1: every every single member in that band from Oliver to Luis every single one of them amazing musician gino if you are listening uh we need to do a side project because somebody can call (laughs) yeah
0: yeah so uh gino who's a long lifelong friend of mine uh luis ended up later on later on joining that um but i told the guys in my band like hey you know what uh i i'm gonna join this band um i think at one point i was like maybe i can try singing and they were like okay so you know we had a bunch of songs written I tried singing cause I was like, maybe I could be a singer in this band and play guitar and swim at the same time. I just didn't like it. I didn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't, I have always hated my voice. I'm always very critical of my own voice. Yeah. Um, you fucking
1: do that shit to me.
0: <laughs> I just, uh, I didn't like it. And so I told that band like, Hey, why don't you guys just continue on without me? Like I'll let you have my songs if you want. And that's exactly what happened. so Ben jumped in, became the singer. Um, actually eric i don't think i think he quickly stopped playing bass after that ray the ray that you spoke about
1: well okay see now you're getting into a part where i wanted to blunt that you're, you're still jumping
0: you're jumping ahead I, i'm just I'm, I'm i'm speaking off the cuff Adrian.
1: Uh, well you can't be okay. off the cuff you okay, okay but what I, what I really Look, want okay you're a history major and you want to go off the cuff you <laughs> gotta go line for line all right what do you want to throw in there Well, I mean, let's talk about the swim history, right? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just wanted to make that
0: connection really close to that, you know, like to that band was just like the members that joined that band still, well, like at least Eric, anyways, right? So, but we'll we'll get into that then. All right. So, yeah. So then I play my first show with you guys, which was the CD release at Club 101. So Mm -hmm. it was like, it was crazy because I was like, felt like I had reached a a monumental goal in my mind by being able to play The Attic and now I'm playing Club One O One and And there was a good there was a a pretty good sized crowd and I personally um I it was weird playing on that stage with you because it was like instant just connection to you. It was weird. That's what I was gonna
1: say. So Norman Hold on, hold on, hold on, real quick, real quick,
0: real quick. Something I got to put in there. So it was an instant connection with you, but just so people know, because I want them to get a a picture of things. The drummer at the time, we still didn't have a drummer. The drummer that was filling in at the time was Eddie from Pissing Razors. So Eddie from Pissing Mm -hmm. Razors, me, you, and Norman. First of all, it was like, dude, like, what the fuck? Like the drummer of Pissing Razors, who's still to this day a monster, who's been in some of like the huge bands in metal right like he's done a lot of shit one of the best drummers of all time and here i am at 101 with him as my drummer and then like you across the stage which i just like vibed off of like really well and then norman too like it was just and then i'm looking out and i'm like wow you know like like i've played in front of crowds before but this is like a real crowd like they are really here to see us like so anyways
1: And that, dude, that's the night it all came through for me. You and I had hung out in between, right? You and I lived closer to, to one another than Norman did. Um, so, but I knew I liked you as a friend, right? I said, "He's my guitar player. But the night we played for the first time ever, I looked over, dude, and I saw you fucking swinging your head around, right? And you're fucking raising your fist because your shirt's too long. like <laughs> You're throwing down. And, like, everything just stopped, right? And all that, it's, like, out of nowhere, the angels came out, and now it's, like, everything got in slow motion, and I just hear, this is no ordinary love. <laughs> While I'm just staring at you, playing, like, oh, my God. Glitter and stars that, around me. Dude, the, the 80s montage that people think about when they, you know, the <laughs> yeah. guy, the girl of the dream, that's that's what I saw. Where you just fucking headbanging and throwing down and said, this is it. This is the fucking pairway
0: and uh and and I felt the same I remember looking across this th- those were the days when you would take off your shirt and you stick out your <laughs> tongue to the crowd and 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 like they loved you like everybody loved you you know and then Norman at the time you know like he was he, his his stage presence was very very uh well established you know oh yeah um, Norman oh. took things very very seriously um and it just felt It felt right. It felt right. Even with Eddie on drums, like, dude, like this is Eddie. Um, he was older than us. Right. So obviously like, and we knew he was doing pissing razors. So it was kind of like, there was no level of true comfort of like, yeah, this is our drummer, but still it was like, damn, like this is an all around, um, well, at least in my mind, well-rounded like group, like, wow. Like this was, that was the, my first real experience of Literally feeling like an amateur playing backyard shows to like a professional, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's the same feeling I had when when I first joined this band. You know what I mean?
0: And then before that, we did a CD signing, which is hilarious because I didn't even play on that CD. And I remember showing (laughs) up to Blockbuster Music and there's a freaking line all the way through the freaking mall. Like we yeah. must have signed like 500 autographs, and I'm like, I'm signing all these autographs, and these people have no idea who the hell I am, and I'm not even on yeah. that fucking CD. Um, <laughs> but that, I mean, so it's just all around. It was just a really cool experience. And then, yeah. and then I met the true love of my life. Normal, you damn right. <laughs> no, <just kidding. laughs> Danny, Danny,
1: did you hear that?
0: There's no going back
1: from that one, my man. Everybody fucking knows it. That's why when I hear you talking about other friends and. I said, "Dude, come on, man, not, yet. not even." So, not even.
0: so we were living off of this high, right? Mm-hmm. And then things kind of started to go a little bit downhill after a while. Like me, it you did, and right? me, you and Norman became really close,
1: right? And again, you and I, especially because we lived two blocks away from one another. Right. No, not at the time. I'm sorry. No, you we were at the El Paseo house, yeah, but yeah. still, okay, weird. We're, eight minutes from each
0: but, other but i that house two blocks from you was where all the equipment was to for band practice remember
1: oh that's right the house was a band that's yeah but no, nobody
0: lived there it was just it was a practice yeah. house
1: yeah we would hang out there yeah i always remember the, one of the first nights i hung out with you and i met everybody marcy um Luis. i met a bunch of people that night it was a fourth of july it was our first fourth of july together Eric came to pick me up in the beautiful white van with two seats in it, and we went, we went to your mom's house and we had a fucking blast that night. I, I will always remember that day.
0: Was that: that: Was that, was that the Fourth of July, or was it maybe the one after that, where I went with you and your dad and your sister to go pop fireworks in the, in the desert?
1: No, it was after that.: oh, my okay. dad was that I didn't go with that year because I went with you guys instead. Oh okay, yeah, that was cool. your your mom was barbecuing and there's fucking massive amounts of food everywhere. Yeah. We'll always remember that day for whatever reason. And dude, it was cloudy. It was going to rain. It smelled amazing that day outside. Yeah. 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 So So, go ahead. So yeah, you and I were close from jump. The three of us, Norman as well.
0: Yeah. So that's one thing that I want people to understand is that at that time, as much as I, dislike norman at this time and i'll get into why later at that time like we became like best best friends all of us like we were very close like we did everything together all day every day It, it was just us just hanging out playing music writing songs
1: uh just it was fun yeah, every weekend we'd go to debut records just because. Dude, that's, that's
0: right. We were always at 101, at debut records, constantly.
1: Here we were, 17, 16, 17 years old, and we were going to Club 101. You had to be 18 to get in, but they knew Norman, and then you know they knew who Swim were, was, and so we we were fucking partying at Club 101 at 16, 17 years old.
0: That's where I met, I think she's one of our listeners, somebody that still... Holds a very, very, very high place, and 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 people that I respect, um, Bobby Welch, who's like oh, yeah. a mm-hmm. legend here in the Southwest, still to this yeah. day. Um, you know, she was she would run the door whenever there were shows, and yep. I mean, everybody they 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 knew who we were partly because we were always around, but also because, you know, like as a band, we hustled, we, we, you know, other bands didn't really do anything. And there we were, we hustled our, and we made sure that we were kind of like, like crazy salesmen, right? Like we made sure that anytime we performed, like it was going to be packed. Like, and I think some of the people that we were around recognized that stuff. And so they gave us little perks that not everybody got. And one of those perks was being able to go into one-on-one whenever the hell we wanted, uh, yeah. being able to run sound at debut records. I would run the door sometimes like yeah. going from not even being able to be into these places to hear a, a, a band to now like walking around, like we own the place, <laughs> you know,
1: literally. Yeah. So we're going to do a little bit of, uh, jumping over. Right. So, We're we're running the gambit. We're hitting the the pavement hard. We're opening up for bands. We're playing show after show. We start touring. We're playing in Phoenix. We're doing all these great things. But like you said, things just start going sour. So we get to a point where we need a drummer. Yep. Right? We found this drummer. Did you find him or did Norman find him? I did.
0: Well, I'm the one that that suggested him. Um, Okay. So this is where Jared comes back into the picture. Right? Oh, really?
1: Okay, oh, well, so actually,
0: no, no, actually, no, 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 let's, no, no never mind, that, that's not yet, that's not yet, because we started trying out a bunch of drummers before that.
1: Yeah, yeah, we tried a bunch of drummers, three, four, <laughs> we found some, some good ones, we found one that Paul stole the snare from. And...
0: <laughs> no, I did not, he, so here's the story, <laughs> at one point, at one point, at the Beachcomber house, we had like five drum sets in there. Remember mm-hmm. they were all in a big yeah. circle and it's because we had different drummers trying out and they would, you know, drummers habitually for whatever reason would just be like, Oh, come pick up my shit tomorrow. Maybe in hindsight it was them hoping that if they leave their shit there, they'd be in the band. Cause remember that we were just trying everybody out. Yeah. yeah. One drummer in particular just refused to pick his shit up. Remember? And so he had yeah. a, he had an, a really nice fucking snare and it was always like dude go pick your shit up like it got to the point where i started to just like dislike this dude and i was like when i see this guy i'm gonna fucking fight him because he was just so fucking annoying like he just wouldn't pick his shit up so finally he fucking calls us up and he's like demanding his shit and we're like dude really like it's been months and now all of a sudden like we had already like we were already uh at the point where we were like oh fuck it then we got this nice fucking snare we get to keep right And so he calls us up fucking talking shit, demanding his fucking snare. So I'll never forget because Norman was like, dude, what if we take off the drum hat and I shit in it and then we just roll it into his lawn and drop it off?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about
0: that. (laughs) He didn't do it, of course, but that would have been fucking great. But anyways, um, and it's so funny because that guy is a guy that even going back to when I was a kid in middle school, I didn't like him. We didn't like each other. Um. Which I don't know if I ever told you about that, but him and I didn't like each other even in middle school. And then, like you know, we figured we're older now. Like, but then he proved that he was still the same dipshit he had always been. That guy actually became a pretty famous drummer right now. Uh, I'm not going to say who he is, Um, but he plays for a pretty. uh, I guess I I guess you can say famous. I mean, famous at one point. You know who I'm talking about, right?
1: No, spit it out.
0: Butterfly Sugar. Remember. Or was that oh. him? No, 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 that's not him. Never mind, never mind. I'm getting him mixed up. No, that's another drummer that we tried out. No, actually, no, never mind then. He 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 became popular too, but I don't remember what band he was famous for. I just know he became famous for his drums. Damn it. I get those two guys mixed up. I got him mixed up with uh, the drummer Boot. Oh, Willie. Willie. Yeah, no, Sorry. sorry. Yeah. I don't know why I got him mixed up. So anyways, I can't really say anything because I don't remember the band that the other dude's in. But it is a famous band though. I just it'll come to me later and when I think about it, I'll say who it is. Yeah. But anyways, we tried out drummer after drummer after drummer to know um we just it just, just wasn't working. Right? Yeah. So then that's where Jared's band comes in. Am I right?
1: Yeah. I think so. I remember yeah. Like I said, I, I don't remember who found them. I guess you, you're you the one who found them. So... Um, yeah, so... Yet again, you're the reason why Swim broke up. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> there was... So, Jared's band, Level, used to play um, at Debut Records regularly. And I took notice, at least personally, the drummer of, of that band. I was like, he's a damn good drummer. Like... You know, I met him. We had spoken probably a couple times, and just personality-wise, like it, it, we didn't. It, it just that vibe that we typically, like, we got with each other. Where right away it was like, boom, 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 like we got each other. That that wasn't there. Mm. But we were increasingly becoming desperate because we had tours coming up. We had all this shit coming up, and it was like, we need somebody. We need somebody, right? So it was. It this is where. This could be a life lesson for for people, especially if younger. Um, always go with your gut. Like my gut was like, "This is not the guy for us," but we were like, "Dude, like, let, let's try him out." Yeah. Hold. Shit. Sorry. At is texting me. Sorry.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. So while you're doing that, I'll I'll pick it up. We found him. We tried him out. We said, "All right, great, let's do it." though the chemistry was off. Um, so without going into crazy detail after detail, because we, we still have a big chunk of this history to go. Like I said, we were touring, we were recording albums, we were doing everything, right? Having fun. But it started to not become fun because we're spending a lot of time with one another. Um, for me in particular, the drummer and I started to butt heads a whole lot and I was just getting fucking annoyed. Well... So that, but, the attitude of the band... But he was like,
0: a really good drummer. He was a really good drummer. Oh, I, yeah, so that's what you kept know, us engaged with that.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I you, Look, I've always been a guy of cooler heads prevail, and I always knew how to handle it and ignore it, right? We're doing amazing things along the way. So you kind of had no choice but to s- suck it up, right? But then it started interfering with different relationships. Norman and I started getting like irritated with one another. Um you and I never got irritated with one another. So for me personally, it became this whole like, fuck, man, like this is draining. You know what I mean? Although
0: I did get irritated with you, just not to your face. And here's yeah, why, well, because that's when we were like, dude, we were practicing like seven days a week. Yeah. And sometimes you wouldn't show up to practice. And that's when I I would get kind of like, fuck, man. Like, especially what? because it it was, you were like, it was, it was awkward for me because again, I didn't really get along well with the drummer, but like, like we just that vibe just disappeared. And well, so, I think like, you
1: guys, I think you guys tended to forget was, though you and I are the same age, you left school earlier. I was still in in high school.
0: Oh Norman, yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, Norman and Mark were gone. You were out of school. They had already graduated. Norman had a college de- or his producing degree, and I still had normal teenager high school shit to do. So when you guys wanted to practice Monday, Tuesday and I had tests and you know, my dad was giving me flack for it. Like, yeah. So you all tended to forget that.
0: Yeah. That's right. I remember that now. So yeah. yeah, But I remember that was part of the irritation, like of like, fuck man, like we're here eating, breathing this music. And, and yeah, I mean, in hindsight, (laughs) <laughs> I mean it wasn't your fault, you know what I mean? Um yeah. but it added to the I don't know. I mean, th- okay, let me let me say there was one point where Mark and I did become very close. Right. Um uh, but that'll come later on. But um So yeah, so even though we would play here and there and we would do stuff, things were just uh starting to it was it was weird. It was like once we got him in the band, just things progressively got worse. Right? So then, uh, okay, so I'll continue from there. So then, (laughs) you and I talk about, you know, yeah, dude, like I'm not happy anymore. You're not happy anymore. You quit. I'll quit with you. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I got to that point. I got to the point where, you know, and I don't remember fully the, the state of mind I was in at that time because part of it sometimes was like, dude, okay, I, I get it, right? We're all about this life, but how many times do you all want to play the same fucking songs? Do you want to do this seven times a week for the same fucking songs? Right? I, already, I don't know about you guys, right? But a lot of it I want to say, trying to think back to it was like, I don't want to be around this motherfucker anymore. Like, no, I'm just I right, fuck it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so when I started becoming more and more absent, though I did have school responsibility, sometimes I'm like, oh, I saw a fucking mark four times, dude, uh, fuck it, we, well, all we're going to do is run to the same set list again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so then, I started getting to that point. So
0: before before you get to the point where you actually quit, um, I want to kind of throw in some really funny side notes. Um So, and it made made me think when you said, like, we weren't writing new songs, but it was funny because every once in a while during that time, Norman would be like, hey, guys, I wrote this song. So, we would write songs, but it was never enough that we actually ever threw them into the set. Yeah. Especially because me and Mark, I think we would jam kind of sometimes just by ourselves and we would write shit and then Norman would come in. But we never, like, songs were not just, like, being produced, like they are now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, songs were not just coming out.
1: Yeah. I mean, back then, again... Pre, internet, pre home studios. It's like we can write forty different songs, but we're only gonna have enough money to produce eight of them. So it's we weren't just like writing fucking double disc albums left and right because we knew nothing was gonna come of it. Right.
0: So this is where it's gonna. This is gonna pay off later on for some funny stories. uh, Later on, Um, I remember one time Norman was like, "Dude, I wrote this song and and it's really good." Huh.
1: Can we pause real quick? Adeline's calling me. Oh yeah.
0: All right. So I was saying that Norman got all excited about uh, this song that he wrote. So he was like, check it out. This is how it goes. So I learned it. Kind of add a little bit to it. Whatever. You learned it. And we actually threw that song into the set. But before we threw that song into the set, I think it was Eric, my brother, (laughs) realized that like Norman ripped off the Deftones it was Ben. Oh, it was it Ben? Somebody was yeah. like, That that's a Deftone song. And we didn't we were like, What? And so when we listened to it, it was like, Oh my god. And I think he even named it the same name, didn't he? Yeah. It was he like a Z- B Z- it was like Z- a B side Deftone song that was No,
1: it came out on the um is the name of that David Fincher movie.
0: Oh, it was a soundtrack song.
1: Yeah, it was a sand- was it lost in
0: LA or oh, I don't know. But one of But Norman, even though it was a blatant freaking ripoff, Norman was adamant that we play it. So we actually performed that song one time and I'll never forget because (laughs) during that show, Norman got pissed off because Eric, my brother, yelled out, Deftones! And (laughs) and said that song, and of course, I was cracking up because I was like, yeah, dude, why are we playing this song? Like, you just, you literally took a Deftone song and kind of made it your own. Like, what the fuck? But... We did it anyways, and but that song never was played or performed ever again after that. Um, right. But that's hilarious because... So, for anybody listening, if you weren't back then, our most famous song, our popular song at that time was a song called... What is it? Suck. suck the Punk. Yeah. Suck the Punk. Oh, yeah. The Punk. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's going to come back around a little bit later, but I just had to like put that story out there because that was the beginning of more shit. All right. So,
1: um, all right. So we fast forward. We're doing all these great things. I'm fucking tired of everybody. I say, you know what? I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. I go to Paul's house right after school. And I tell him, here's the shit, man. I love you. I love Norman. Can't, can't take the drummer. I think I'm, I, I don't know what to do. And you were like, dude, just fucking quit. And I was like, really? You think so? Yeah yeah, you know what? I kind of feel the same way. And I'm like, so what are you saying? You coming with me? Dude, if you quit, I will quit. Those are your words. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. I got all pumped. I got home. Did my homework, whatever. Called Norman. I'm like, you know what, man? I'm out. Phone goes fucking dead quiet. He's all mad at me. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, it's just, it's just not my thing anymore, man. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't. I quit. I go pick up my shit. And when I go pick up my stuff from his house, he, he walks me to the basement. And he's just staring at me. And I'm like, what, man? And he, goes, and he says, I'm doing everything in my power not to punch you. And I was like, oh, come on. Give me a hug. You love me no matter what, man. We're still friends. <laughs> and I fucking left. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: So, so I left, right? But see, that's where now we're getting a little bit ahead. We got to jump back again a little bit. So during what? this time, my band Jabberwocky now had transformed into a band called Fext.
1: Oh, yes. yes. So Fext,
0: first two songs were songs that me and little Chris wrote together. Chris was now mm-hmm. in that band. A friend mm-hmm. of ours was took over as a singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our current drummer of Tragic Landing became their drummer. And then Ray, the Ray that we spoke about, right, mm-hmm. that actually gave up his spot in Swim for You to Join, was the bass player of that band. Correct? Yes. So, Fext is... Uh, actually became really weird, like, I guess, because Norm- Norman had this... He had this thing, like, I understand to have a competitive spirit, but it, it was this thing where it was, like, not only were we always being competitive with other local bands, but, like, to the point where there was, like, drama with them. And, yeah. yes, I know behind the door, it was also a lot having to do with, like, girls, you know? Like, he would be saying that like he banged somebody's girlfriend or somebody would be saying they banged his girlfriend or whatever. Right. So there was always that level of drama and it, it was weird because <clears throat> we had our alliances with certain bands, but some bands just hated us. And it was not necessarily me and you. Cause we got, I think we got along with everybody, but they hated Norman. And so naturally there was this negative connotation with the band swim when it came to certain local artists. Right. Right. <clears throat> so Fext became one of those Norman whatever. Yeah. whatever there was tension. Uh, I think part of that atten- that tension came from after you left Swim, and then what happened?
1: Okay, so I left Swim. Fex Fex had been around already. We forgot to mention it. Yeah, Fex was a band for maybe about a year already. I want to say somewhere in that that um, that area. All of them good friends of ours. So I quit Swim, and coincidentally. The effects was having an issue with their bass player, Ray, who I want to say, hands down, if I really think about everything that I've done in my life, musically, all the great things I've done, it's all because of Ray.
0: Yeah.
1: Had Ray given me that chance, none of this would have ever happened. So Ray Radamis Rodriguez, I'm sure you're not listening, but thank you, buddy.
0: Hold on. Uh, I'm getting a phone call. Dang it. Hold on. All right. And it's Eric. Sorry uh, about that. Uh, it was my brother. All right. All right. So let's continue. Yeah. So Ray, you owe, you owe, in hindsight, you owe a lot to Ray. I do.
1: I really do, man. Had he never gave me that shot, dude, I don't know if I, I would have, I wouldn't have met everybody. You yeah. know, that's why when people say, "Oh, there's so many things I want to change about my life. But then you're like, yeah, but then none of the good shit would have happened. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: Yeah. So it Ray so had Ray not given up his spot, you and I may have never met each other.
1: Probably. I'm willing to bet because at the time my mom lived in Oklahoma when I all through my all through high school. Mm-hmm. And she and my stepdad had always been bugging me. Come live here. I'm gonna put you through college, free ride, blah 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 blah. Had I not joined Swim, I probably would have had multiple college degrees and lived in Oklahoma right now. Right, <laughs> and mm-hmm. here I am. I'm a power plant operator, and a plant. <laughs> oh, man.
0: there's a lot to be proud of. Um, so so you were so that was a part of the tension that existed, started to exist. Even though, keep in mind, like the singer effect was my friend from like I knew him since I was a tiny kid. Like yeah. he was eight. He was Eric's best friend, my brother Eric's best friend. Yeah. um he ended up when my parents ditched us when i was 14 he lived with us he was our roommate um so we got we developed a love-hate relationship i guess you can say at the time yeah. uh he had never sang a day in his life um but he was a part of the whole jabberwocky thing in terms of not being in the band but just being around um right. he became the singer decided to like hey give his take a shot at singing which didn't last very long, but still like it, it it was part of the story of that band of Jabberwocky transitioning into Fext and then in come Eric Brietto, our current drummer, which I think is amazing because had that not happened, we probably would have never Eric wouldn't be our drummer right now.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know what I mean? So it's kind of it's funny how all those connections started at that point.
1: Right. Right. So I quit, I joined FEXT. We had a great time right there. It wasn't on a serious level as swim was. So it was kind of like a breath of fresh air. You know what I mean? I got to ex- experiment a little bit more. With um, guys? I was with with guys? Oh, dude, come on. That was, that was day one, my man. What are you talking about? I was an expert at that point. It, so, um, yeah, I mean, facts. We're having a grand old time. You found a new bass player for oh, swim so, what, what, who, incidentally, Yes. was the guitar player in my original band, Static.
0: The one that approached just you nice. and said, you're getting a bass player you're, for Christmas. You're getting a bass, yeah. Isn't so that some weird? shit?
1: We're, we're a bunch of musical whores, dude.
0: <laughs> Ain't that some shit? So that guy right. happened to be the drummer that we got for Swim that we're talking about, that kind of things started to go downhill. That was his best friend. Right. That was his best friend. So
1: I just, real quick, like... On topic, off topic, it's so weird how the music um, community here, not that you and I have done a lot of things with a lot of different musicians, because you, you take a band that's going on right now, um, I'm just going to put them out there because I think they're amazing, a, Bones, a band called Of Bones and Earth, who all three members, we've been in bands with.
0: Right. But that, was just you know later, I mean? later on in life, yeah,
1: yeah. That's that's way there. That's not relevant to our story. I just thought I'd mention it.
0: No, yeah. So the f- here's where it gets funny. I mean, I think a lot of it's already been funny, but this is where it gets really funny. We approach Ray to join Swim.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: And Ray wanted to join Swim.
1: That's right. I fucking forgot and about that. This
0: is where things really turn sour for me. So. During this time when you left the band, believe it or not, me and our drummer at the time, we became close. Like, you know, we had our... So the guitar player that approached you, Fabian, he was our roadie. So that's what he... That was his thing. He would help set up drums, whatever, whatever. He was our roadie. Um, but I actually kind of became... Even though like he was our roadie and stuff, I wasn't close to the dude. Like, But I became kind of close to Mark at that time, the drummer. Mm-hmm. And... uh All of a sudden, Norman and I were like, dude, like, Ray is left fixed or leaving fixed. I don't remember what it was. Like, he originally wanted to be in the band. You know, if there's anybody that's going to, like, be a replacement for Adrian, it's that dude, coincidentally. Nobody's going to replace my friend. That's what you get wrong. (laughs) But our drummer at the time refused, just adamantly, like, on the verge of almost a tantrum, fucking refused. Okay? Refused. Mm Mm-hmm. I had so much hopes of like, okay, like, like, come on, dude. Like we could possibly continue if Ray joins his band, but he refused. And in hindsight now, one of the reasons he refused was because he wanted Fabian, the guitar player that told you you're going to get a bass for Christmas. He wanted him to take his place. And so he just, he didn't budge. He refused to budge. I had my own personal reasons why I did not want this dude in the band. Like, him uh, saying that he loved my girlfriend at the time and my girlfriend at the time uh, actually cheating on me with him so yeah Mm -hmm. that happened so I mean that was to me a pretty damn good reason why I don't want the dude in the band I mean he he was lucky I was even damn it hold on. he was lucky I was sorry the phone was ringing he's lucky that I even like let him be the roadie you know what I mean so it was kind of like you know teenage drama but that was going on But I was at a point where we had, again, we signed contracts. We were signing on the point of signing with a record label. Like we had all this stuff on the horizon. And for the sake of the business aspect of the band, it was like, fuck it, dude. Fuck it. You're going to be a little bitch. Just let him be in the fucking band, you know? And again, another major mistake on my part of allowing that to happen because the band really went fucking downhill from there. So Thanks. I'll tell a couple of stories that connect to, uh, to Norman ripping off the Deftones, but I think I should save that for the next episode. Cause we're actually coming up to an hour and a half. So what I would like to do is actually end this episode right here and then we can continue on. And then that would become the, the second half. What do you think?
1: yeah that'll work because we still got a mountain of shit to go through <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely all right so yes yeah, so here we are at the point
0: well yeah no no let's 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 end it let's end this episode and then we'll continue talking and yeah. we'll 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 continue the other
1: one so yeah, well, I'm just re- just recapping oh okay yeah sorry so the end of this episode again thank you everybody for listening maybe we're up to eight now <laughs> don't forget the chat uh musician by the name of swim um but um yeah, so up until this point. Up until this point, um we've made it through multiple bands. Paul and I met each other. I've already quit the band. We're both I'm in a different band now. Paul's got a new bass player. And the story continues.
0: All right. Thank you guys for listening. And uh stay tuned for part two.
1: Adios amigos. <laughs> Only two people know where that's from. <laughs> <laughs>